0: Welcome back to the Transporter CFP Podcast YouTube channel presented by No Context CFP. We're here with our weekly off-season podcast episode coming to you every Wednesday as we look forward to the 2023 season. My name is Park Gillum, and joining me today we have Mark Thomas. Mark, how are you doing today?
1: I'm doing great, man. Another rep, another pod, baby. Glad to be back. There we go, yeah. Uh, So yeah,
0: so today we're going to be talking about a lot of uh, some hot topics, you know, position use, a lot of, you know, a lot of schools lay claim to which positions they are strongest and produce the NFL talent um, year in and year out. So really gonna delve into that today and see who we kind of think uh, is worthy of those titles. But first, just a few notes to get things started off. Um, as we recently announced coming up on July 5th, the first ever edition of the Transfer Portal CFB preview magazine uh, will be available. Um, it'll be sold, sold for $9.99 with loads of content inside. We'll have a bunch of player focus articles, uh, in-depth previews for all FBS conferences and teams. Ten feature articles as well on stories across college football, um, and then some classic content like Heisman watch lists, all America teams, bowl projections, etc. Um, I know for me personally, I've got a feature story coming out about a uh, a Missouri running back here in town, and then also um, doing a piece on just the transitioning F- FCS um, from FCS level to FBS. So a lot of a lot of really interesting stuff in there, a lot of great interviews. So yeah, don't miss it on sale July fifth, nine ninety nine to uh, to download. And then don't forget to give us a like and subscribe here on the YouTube, leave a comment or a five star review on Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts, and follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok. Uh, you can find those down all in the description. Um, and just thank you guys for your support as we continue to grow our team or grow our content and uh, kind of get into the magazine and stuff. But so, yeah, so with that being said, uh, let's get into kind of what we're focusing on today. Started off with one of the big ones, of course. Uh, QBU, who who lays claim to that? You got a couple of strong contenders with USC, Oklahoma, Ohio State, even NC State. You throw in there, so Mark, just just off rip, kind of yeah.
1: Who do you who do you have there? Um, I think I mean as, as far as recent bias, I'm going to go down to Dabo Land. <laughs> And talking about the Clemson quarterbacks. I know there's a lot of there's a lot of scrutiny going on with Dabo and "quote unquote" not developing quarterbacks because he's had generational talent after generational talent, such as I mean, we can start off with Taj Boyd. then you go from Taj to uh, Deshaun Watson. they you go from Deshaun to, to Trevor Lawrence. Like that's just uh, I don't know how lucky a, a quarter like that. You were like only USC gets that lucky back in the day, like uh, but any other team like within uh re- recent history, I don't think um has come to claim that stink like Clemson and they've all and they both won national titles, uh Deshaun and, and Trevor Lawrence, So I definitely I definitely think Clemson deserves some um uh, some some submission in that that claim from QBU. Gotcha. Yeah. No, I agree um, and I I like your
0: mention Taj. Taj, yeah, another guy like Taj. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Taj not not enough people talking about it. But, yeah, I think oh, I agree. Oh, with it. oh, I was, yeah, it's uh, – I mean, with Trevor yeah, Lawrence sure. recently and kind of how, um, you know, he does national titles. They've had all the college success that you can hope to have for um, Trevor coming in that first season especially. And, yeah, I mean, the point with Dabo about his quarterback development, I think that's kind of the biggest knock, especially with what happened with DJ recently. So, I feel like how Cade ends up panning out is going to be really big and kind of yeah. how Dabo's seen as a as a quarterback coach for sure.
1: Oh, yeah, for sure um I would throw another team out there um not a big school um but North Dakota State I think North Dakota State is definitely has a, has a has has a, um a state to client name um in there um with, with QB um I honestly think like when you talk about a quarterback that started off uh, under Craig Ball, like Brock Jensen uh he started off by one of those national titles and you go from Brock to Eastern State from Eastern State to from Car- Carson Winston from, uh, not I'm sorry, from Wentz to Stick then from Stig to Trey Lance. I think at the small school level, that's very impressive. Not a lot of schools at the FCS level get quarterback play like that, true quarterback development. Uh, Craig Bow um, does a phenomenal job. I don't know how he does it, but he just sees see talent and he's low and he's not like in these lower level kids coming out of high school. He just does a great job of just tapping into. Whatever makes them great and brings that to the offense and they just force in, in that offense. Uh, something about that North Dakota State program, it's just it just even though great Craig's gone, um, they still do a great job of still having great quarterback play.
0: Yeah, and it definitely, and it seems like you know, they don't you out know, they aren't putting up the craziest numbers, but the NFL likes them because I mean, North Dakota State plays a very pro style uh system, but it's just the film that they put on tape. I mean, scouts love, I mean, Wentz and, and, and Lance, especially uh, decent stick as well when he was uh, coming out, but yeah, I mean, it's just, they, they, they kind of raised pro quarterbacks over there. So yeah, I think that's another really good one. Um, and yeah, I mean, we haven't touched on a lot of the favorites. I mean, USC's obviously got their run of more co- on the college success side, I would say similarly to Oklahoma. Um, we'll still see how some of their guys like Baker Mayfield and Kyler pan out in the NFL, but, um definitely more two programs that are more kind of on the college side of that and then you kind of got the opposite of that with nc state where i mean rivers russell wilson glenn and they all had college success uh but they almost they almost had more nfl success potentially so it's kind of yeah it depends on kind of how you look at it because you know nc state's another one that has yeah it was at one time they had like four there was one time where mike glenn was starting i think they had four starting quarterbacks in the nfl one weekend recently which was just crazy
1: oh I definitely agree
0: with that for sure. Um, yeah, I guess if we want to we go and move on to the the running backs, which is another really difficult one, one that I kind of I go back and forth on a lot. For me, it comes down to Georgia, Wisconsin, Bama. But what are what are your thoughts?
1: Um, I mean, I, I would also say say that too. You take a look at LSU and the success that they've had down there from like Kevin Fogg all the way to Leonard Fournette. Uh, even to like Darius, guys, and um, Plashear, Lair. Um, I think like whatever, whatever they do down there in, in that part of the country is especially with athletes, especially at the running back position. Um, I think it's just one of them, like they just do a great job of just development, uh, with running backs down there. Um, and also we're with that having good offensive line play, but we'll talk about that in just a second. Um, but I think it's just something about LSU running back, like especially when you talk about a guy like Leonard Fournette and his stature, like he was a special talent coming out of high school. And for him to just go to LSU and just be like the same as that person, like the same as that player, um, I think that just uh, a testament to the coaching down there, down in LSU. Yeah.
0: yeah. I mean, yeah, they've always got, I mean, they're always productive and they're always, it seems like they're always just crazy tough to take down, which is kind of needed in the SEC, but LSU is kind of, they always have the best of those Fournette kind of being that, that primary example. Um, I mean, yeah, for me, I, I, LSU is another strong contender. I mean, Georgia and Wisconsin have the pedigree every single season. It seems like they got a thousand yard back. Um, but I mean, yeah, if you if you look more historically, I mean, you look at Miami with the years. I mean, Frank Gore, Willis McGahee, Clint Portis, just to name a few. Um, I mean, they've probably had some of the more on the NFL success side. Um, and we'll see. I mean, Oklahoma is another name you look at with Adrian. I mean, Adrian Peterson kind of obviously headlining, but you got DeMarco Murray in recent memory. Um, as well and then you know Ohio State we'll see how Zeke kind of ends up panning out with his career with you know what what's all going on with him in, in uh, free agency and such but uh, yeah I mean all strong contenders I, I think I'll give it to Georgia all time because you've got the historical aspect of having had Herschel and just one of the I mean the goats of that position and then the recent history has been NFL a thousand yard backs year in and year out and most of them generally have panned out well in the NFL too um, so that's yeah. why, but I mean, it, it's tough to beat Monte Ball, James White, um, you know, all those Melvin Gordon, Jonathan Taylor. List goes on at Wisconsin just from the college level. So, so yeah, I I think it's it's very close at the top there for for RBU. But uh, yeah, so what what's I guess what's your final pick then, Mark? There,
1: I'm a, I'm gonna take it uh, back to Big Ten. We'll give it to Ohio State. Mm-hmm. I think just the the lore of talent they've had. We're talking about from. Just the college level in general. We're talking about a two time Heisman Archie Griffin, Teddy George, to uh Beanie Wells, uh to obviously Zeke Elliott, and then got uh, JK Dobbins, and then now potentially I think Trey Trey Henderson can be one of those type guys. Um yeah, man, Ohio State just does a great job. I don't know uh, like what it is about like just, just the allure of a of an Ohio State running back. Um, but they just like tote the rock as, as well as you can, especially in this part of the country, in the Midwest and where I'm at. Like, you have to be able to run the ball, rain, sleet, or Snow. Like, you got to be able to do it, and they're, and they're one of the best to ever do it on on, on a collegiate level. Obviously, with some NFL success, for sure. Uh, I mean, you can't doubt Eddie George is probably the best back, I would say, uh, when you talk about from a co- overall career standpoint. Um, I think Zeke could have had it. I think Zeke got some down years uh, with the Cowboys the last few years. But other than that, I mean, they've had – I mean, the the track work speaks for itself.
0: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And you've also got – I mean, you've also got a lot of really high-quality offensive lines. Those running backs are running behind at Ohio State, which, which helps as well. But, uh, but, yeah, moving on and kind of, I mean, on the same Ohio State notes, um, wide receiver you, which – in recent years, with just how recruiting has trended and, and the players they have being picked, I mean, Ohio State, for me, is a fair shoe-in at this point for this award. But there's a lot of debate with LSU-BAM also having uh, their names in the mix as well. So so what are your thoughts on that argument?
1: Um, yeah, Obviously, obviously i with you, I mean, it started out there. Um, at, at Ohio State, hashtag Zone 6, we um, started it with uh, I think Coach Zach Smith when he was under there with Urban Meyer, um, and then he just obviously whatever happened once he left, um, Brian Harlan just continued the trend, and you saw the the sheer development from Mike Thomas to Noah Brown to uh, Devin Allen to all these guys that have come through. Now you got the new breed uh, with Gabe Wilson, Chris Chris Olave, now Marvin, Marvin Harrison Jr. Uh, with all these guys that come in through that program, I mean, I mean, you can't knock it. But I think I'm going to take Bama this month. I think Bam will be my overall just because the 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 short talent that Nick Saban has had come through, uh, that program starting out from his first year, uh, with Julio Jones, um, then you go from Julio to Amari Amari Cooper, uh, you got all, all these guys that have come through this program. Like right? I mean, it's we can go it's a long list, long list. of uh, this. The sure development that they do at the receiver position, you would think, is because Nick is uh um even though like when well, first when Nick got there, there was more of like a run the type type team, three yards a cloud of dust. Like they still had big play receivers to to make plays whenever they needed to. Um and Chris Rock runners uh can run out the catch, can get can get yak. Like they do a great job down there. So I'm going to take Alabama in this one.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I think that's fair. It's it's kind of at Bama, you you mentioned the route running. I think one of the biggest things a lot of scouts say that they look at it, receivers coming out of college is is their ability, how crisp is their route running? You know, can it translate to the next level? And you look at guys like you know, obviously Julio, but Amari Cooper was another great example of that. Um, you know, and Calvin Ridley too, another especially just great route runners can create separation for themselves, and they've got enough athleticism to to work off of that. So yeah, I, I would honestly agree with you. I mean, I think LSU is close. I think Ohio state is probably on its way to getting there. I think you saw with the rookie seasons, a lot of Van Garrett Wilson had, especially um, that they're, they're on their way to, I mean, potentially being some, some pretty solid NFL wide receivers in the future um, knock on wood. So yeah, I think Ohio state and you look at just, I mean, the way they're recruiting right now, you have three of the top 10 receivers in the class of 2023 uh, committing to Ohio state. It's just, it's the destination to go to now for a lot of kids. I mean, you've already got the number two guy in the class of 2024 and it's just, if you're a five-star wide receiver, Ohio state's reaching out to you and you're more than likely giving them a pretty serious look just because of the track record recently. So I could see them overtaking that title, but yeah, in terms of translating NFL talent, I think, uh, I think Bam has definitely got him beat. Um, but yeah, so really quick, we'll touch on just kind of a couple smaller ones. Um, first off tight end you, which, um, has actually become a fairly heated debate recently, you know, Notre Dame, has kind of been always towards the top of that producing great tight ends, Michael Glinchy being the, the most recent, um, excuse me, Michael Meyer. But then I think, I mean, I was always been consistent in producing tight ends. Um, I mean, you had, uh, TJ Hawkinson, Noah Gray there at the same time, which was incredible. Uh, and they, I mean, just another kind of team that with their style of offense uses them a lot. They don't score a lot of points in that style of offense, but they use the tight end a lot in that style of offense. Mm-hmm. But, um but yeah, so I mean just kinda of some quick thoughts on that. You've also got me Georgia recently has made a big claim for it Penn State too with with Muth and others.
1: Yeah. Um, no, I'm 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 gonna take a big take I'm definitely gonna take Iowa and this one. I think over the course of time, uh obviously they don't have they're not the, the spread offense of modern football. They're, they're the other cloud does. but they also use the tight end. Um kind of one dimensional, but you also see you all they also do a great job of um uh, Having a tight ends flash their athletic abilities in certain situations. Um, you could go back to even like Dallas Clark, for instance, like uh, all pro tight end, elite college tight end. I had a solid crew, uh, an elite college football career, and an um, NFL career all the time. So, and then you just go back from that to up until now, you got George Kittle dominating the league. Like, it's just, it, it speaks for itself. Like, they're not like when you were tight end getting recruited by Iowa, like you're not gonna get the ball a lot, you're not gonna score a lot, you're gonna block, you're gonna get down, you know get down to three point stands, uh zone right, zone left, block block your ass off, and then try to uh man, make make plays in the basket whenever you can. But if 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 the athleticism there, you're gonna get drafted. I promise you.
0: Yeah, I don't, I mean it does seem like yeah, they just they put on a very complete film package for scouts i feel like with how much they do block and then also kind of splash that, that ability outside but, but yeah i think i'd take Iowa as well i think if we're looking all time though historically miami probably takes the cake just because you're talking oh, yeah. with nfl success greg olson jimmy graham you got jeremy shockey kellen winslow i mean those are just i mean they're all big names all pro bowlers yeah. um so i think miami probably all time even though it hasn't necessarily been there recently um outside of you know right. you got david and joku who who kind of made a splash for a little bit there, but yeah, they're, they're definitely another one worth, uh, worth looking at for sure. But, but yeah, I guess, well, we can also move on, uh, kind of on a similar note with offensive line, you, um, another one that's kind of under the radar, but, uh, you've got, I think Notre Dame, Wisconsin are very strong at the top of that, just with the the culture they have around their offensive lines and kind of how they develop guys over the years. And I mean, just churn guys into the NFL essentially, but, I mean you also look at Bama and Georgia, especially as of late, um, are also pretty big on that front. So yeah, who you who you got down in the trenches?
1: Um, I wanna I wanna I wanna take Bama in this one. I think the uh, when you talk about the talent that they bring in, the talent that they develop um over years past, I think it, it speaks for itself. Even this year's draft, I think you're gonna have two potentially top 120 guys in Tyler Steen. And uh you junior. Um, I think they just do a great job of being able to change the offense around to where they they're able to zone block and show their athleticism and they're able to a lot of uh pin and pull scheme. Um they're able to show their athleticism and that an ability to move move feet on contact, and not just uh pull and then hit them and then just be and it just stale me. Like I think those guys do a great job of running their feet, keep, uh, playing bully ball. Uh, pass protecting with, with uh, sure, sure violence and uh, obviously keeping uh, the quarterback. Of right.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think in, and with Alabama, you get a lot of, it's a little bit different than Notre Dame Wisconsin because there's it, the offenses at least recently a lot more balanced too. So you get a lot more kind of diversity, whereas a Wisconsin offensive lineman is very much so just kind of a mauler in the run game. Um, and you're not, you're not asking them to do too much in pass protection, frankly. So yeah, th- I think that's a pretty good point just on kind of the, the roles that they're filling. Um, I'll probably, I'll probably take Notre Dame while they don't have necessarily the big names all time in the NFL, they have just so many guys that they've put in there. Um, you look at guys like Zach Martin and Quentin Nelson right now, Michael Glinchy, another one. Um, I mean, they've they've got some of the biggest names and in, in, uh, you know, the offensive line world right now. And I just, I think it's hard to go against them. And it just, it does it's every season. It seems like at this point with them, it's they're kind of similar to how, um how I was looking at that, you know, Ohio state might take over that wide receiver. You, I think Notre Dame will just purely based on what they're doing and continuing to kind of do on that front. But, but yeah, flipping, uh flipping the other side of side of scrimmage, uh the guys going up against them defensive line, another one that's talked about frequently, Um, you know, You've got, I mean, there's so many great options for this one. It's very hard to pick a wrong one. I think, I mean, Ohio State's put out so many great pass rushers. Clemson in recent years has been, I mean, there were years where they had four NFL, you know, top two round picks on their line. Um, but, I mean, obviously, Bama and Georgia are right up there as well. So, who uh, who you got in the defensive line front?
1: From an overall standpoint, um, I'm just going to stick with Trent U, Alabama here. Um, I mean the the, the NFL contracts speak for itself. Uh, Redskins drafted I can uh, Mathis. I can't think of, I can't pronounce his first name, but they they drafted Matthews in the second oh, yeah. round, and folks thought he was a, a fourth round pick. Like that's just a testament to like when, when when a defensive lineman is is coached by Alabama, whoever I don't care who it is, I don't care if it's Card Dunbar, Bo Davis, I don't care who you put down there. If if Nick Saber hires you. As a defensive line coach, like, you're expected to to develop these kids to, to be draft picks. Like, I think, like, it's just the the talent that they have down there just speaks for itself. Like, I mean, they're, they're as an elite uh, group of guys, and they're coached very well, especially when you're talking about a 3-4 and be able to two-gap as great as they do. Like, it does not matter. Like, the standard does not change in, in a half, you know, and it never will check as long as Nick Saban is there. Um, I just think it just speaks for itself. Like I think it got kind of like probably five hundred million dollars worth of contracts will, in, in like the last ten years. So I mean for Marcel Darius, now you got Deron Payne, John Allen, uh and we can we can go we can just name names, man. It's it's, yeah. it's it's amazing what they do down there, uh down there in Tuscaloosa with the OP line, man. I respect it to the to the they play the game the right way.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and it seems like I mean it's just kind of that that Alabama pedigree at this point where they just got, um, you know, no matter what you know, if you're getting a junior or senior coming from Alabama, the offensive defensive line position, you know, they've been trained the right way. You know, they're you know they're NFL ready, pretty much in all facets. So yeah, I mean, I you mentioned John Allen. I mean, I thought he was one of the more just for what he did in college and how dominant he was, I did not think he was respected or talked about nearly enough as he should. And you're kind of seeing that come to come to fruition in the NFL a little bit. Um, See, I, I, I can see that. I think Clemson's probably the only other one that has a very strong claim. I mean, Ohio state's got the Bosa brothers, which helps them a little bit, but uh, just, I mean, the depth of what Clemson has put out recently, but historically they probably aren't up there. And also, I mean, unless I'm mistaken, I mean, you correct me if I'm wrong the, a lot of the Clemson guys that are drafted out of that class, I know. I mean, Christian Wilkins still plays significant snaps. I know that, but I don't think that the rest of them have panned out uh, like Dexter Alexander, Cleveland Farrell, some of those guys. I don't think they have panned out as well as some of these Bama guys, um, which potentially plays another factor.
1: I would say I would, I would think De- Dexter Lawrence is coming towards now. I would say uh, Brian Dayball, like they, they, do, they're doing good, good things up there in New York with him. Like he's starting to to flash a little, bit. he's starting now. I'm gonna say Christian Wilkins level. But he's definitely trying to get some respect in the league. Well, Clement mm-hmm. I don't know what I don't know what happened. Yeah.
0: Reach. They reached yeah. far up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was I mean it was a risk, but it did it definitely did not pan out. But hey, typical uh typical Raiders, not uh not the best draft picks in the world, but but <laughs> hey. Um but yeah, anyways going uh moving on to that front seven. Uh one that's not talked about a lot, honestly, probably out of a lot of these position groups, but but linebacker you. Um I'm personally I'm a huge fan of George in this category just because, and I mean, recency bias, but just the dudes that they're putting out every single year are just incredible. I mean, Roquan Smith obviously stands out the most just when watching him on the field in college. He looked like an NFL linebacker already. Um, but, I mean, every season now they just have, I mean, freaks of nature that are, I mean, hybrid pass rushers off the end that can also drop into coverage. It's just, I think they're at a different level than probably most other programs right now. But, but yeah, what are your what are your thoughts, Mark?
1: um it's it's tough to say um uh, I and we can we can talk about uh, a plethora of teams uh but like I, I mean if we go off the past, like it, it just it just depends on what we're going on if we going to recently, I think Georgia probably has it uh just because like if you look at like how how they play in the the past couple of years like when the Kobe Dean and those guys like the way they just they just fly to the football like I mean would I think they play the game like how it's supposed to look like when you talk about clinic tape, teach tape, I think they, they play the linebacker position like that. But they're they're a group they're a group of guys that just get out to the ball, they're nasty, they, they hold each other accountable. I I think those are guys that, that you would want um as leaders on your defense. We talk about uh LBU. So I think those are, those are a few. Um but if you're talking about historically, I think I'm gonna take Miami in this one. I think we can we can go from Ray Lewis to John Beeson, uh, DJ Williams, um, uh, like, I yeah. uh, Jonathan Vilma. Yeah, I think like I think historically they just they 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 have it. Like they like they've had great college uh, careers, but they've also had like elite NFL careers at the same time. So not a lot of programs can say that from an overall historical standpoint. So I'm definitely gonna take Miami in this one.
0: Yeah, yeah, I think kind of from yeah the more historical side of it, I think Miami's probably up there. I think USC is probably the only other one that can make a claim to that, just with kind of the depth mm-hmm. that they have. I mean, Clay Matthews and Brian Cushing, kind of the the most notable, but there's yeah a lot of others in there that uh there are some all time greats too. So but yeah, but linebacker is really interesting one. I think Micah Parsons is putting Penn State now towards the tie. Mean, Penn State was already kind of up there, but Micah Parsons might change kind of how they're perceived as well in this. So it is uh, it is interesting to see kind of how this. How the the position use kind of change over time. I mean, it can on a, on a on a yearly basis. You know, if a, if a program has a couple of rookies start to go off, everybody is looking at. I mean, for instance, Ohio State now, people are like, "Oh, Ohio State's well on track to being wide receiver." You with kind of how their guys are doing. So, it's definitely a very fluid thing, and it's a, it's all it's also just an argument between eras, which is you know in any sports conversation gets, gets people really, uh, really upset with, the uh, you know, I don't know. It's almost like Jordan LeBron debate is, uh, classifies in that as well. So yeah, it's just, it's hard to compare eras, but, but yeah, historically versus recent, but, but yeah, now for the big one, um, probably, I mean, in my eyes, probably the one that's talked about the most, just, you know, I mean, I, I look at that 2019 LSU, Texas game is when Texas was coming out in the field with the shirts saying they were DBU, Talking all this to LSU and then Joe Burrow put you know <laughs> four fifty and four touchdowns on them, so yeah. I mean, what are what are we looking at there? I mean, Ohio State, LSU, Florida, strong contenders. Bama, Georgia, you could also make an argument for, but yeah, I'll, I'll let you start with this one because it's a tough one.
1: I think I'm gonna start with the silver rabbit up there, uh, Kerry Combs up there. Uh, I mean, he's not at Ohio State, but he. He coaches corners uh, very well. Obviously, he has several first-round picks. Marshawn Lattimore, Gary Conley, uh, Brad Roby. There's a war. Like, I mean, those are guys. We're talking about recently, C. Byers especially, like, I think you don't get no better than Ohio State. I mean, I know LSU has had his runs. And still, i are going to continue to have their runs. Um, with, like, Derek team. But I think Ohio State makes a great claim for DBU just because, like, I mean – when you talk about first, like we talk about multiple first round corners within the span of like five years, I think not a lot of teams can can say that. And like they they play, I mean their defenses have always been elite at Ohio State. They've always carried the back end um, as good as you can. Uh, they always they call it the double bullet defense for a reason. And those guys played up to the standard that Ohio State set. So I mean, like a time like this at war, like you can't you can't knock that. Like he he's truly developed. Like these guys were like really developed in uh into becoming the first shot place that they become so i mean obviously yeah i'm gonna take ohio state in this one
0: yeah yeah that's fair i think uh i think ohio state is probably my pick just from both the college talent that they have and how it translates to the nfl they they they've got it both figured out so yeah i agree with you there i think a couple other names i think bama in terms of the nfl talent we were talking earlier about how you know, you trust a lot of their players going to the league because they always just seem so NFL-ready in all aspects. Um, and I think that's exactly what you've got with, you know, recently Landon Collins, Eddie Jackson, Marlon Humphrey, uh, Megan Fitzpatrick even. I think you're just – those guys have shown that there's there's now a new standard. The same standard at the defensive line in Alabama is now coming into the secondary because um, historically they just don't have that depth. That probably puts them to the top. But another name I wanted to throw out that's really interesting and wanted to hear your thoughts on is Florida State. Cause you've got primetime, who many would obviously argue is the greatest of all time at, at, at what he did. And Jalen Ramsey recently, um, as well. So yeah. Antonio Camardi, Xavier Rhodes, uh, oh, Derwin James, I can't forget. Yeah. I'm I'm a, a Chargers fan, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I, what are your thoughts on Florida state kind of in that mix? How, how much does the, the Deion Sanders moniker, I guess kind of carry them in this argument.
1: Yeah, I, I mean it, it. holds a lot of weight. It definitely holds a lot of weight for sure. And then also you got to think he also played alongside Terrell Buckley, who was also a top five pick the year after Deion got drafted. So yeah. I mean they definitely. I, I would say historically, I, I think they definitely take it. Um, but if you want to go recency, uh, I'm I'm not I'm not really sure on that. But as far as like an overall, yes, they definitely have a a, a state to claim in that. Um. um it, in the in
0: dv yeah yeah all right well then um well then just kind of to kind of wrap it up let's kind of go let's go overall then and it, it kind of puts you on the spot here let's go let's go with offense you and defense you who who lays claim to both sides of the ball you kind of all positions across I'll i'll go ahead and start and just lay mine out um I'll go with Oklahoma as as offensive on offense you because I think they've got they've had across all positions they've got the NFL talent. Um, defensively, I think you're going to have to go. I'm going to go with Alabama just because I think they also are. They're just they're in the top five for pretty much every position. But, but yeah, what uh, what are your final picks?
1: Offense, you. That's oh, that's that's tough. It's a few schools I'm thinking of. Um. Mm-hmm. Man, that's cool. This is gonna throw somebody off, but I'm gonna say Oregon ooh. overall offensively. I, I think like it. when you look at then like a quarter, first of all, a quarterback's gonna be Dennis Dixon. Dennis Dixon going well, he's gonna lead the offense. Yeah. You got like Michael James, Kenyon Barner, all, uh all these great all, all, all these great backs that have come through Oregon. Then the offensive line of play has always been stellar. Um like you you can't knock that. The receiver play, uh, it, it may be a little shaky. We talk about overall, but I, I think I, I'm, I'm definitely going to take Oregon. This one defensively, I'm going to take Alabama. I just think the, the success that they've had of all the time, especially when you talk about even like the earlier days under Gene Stallings, uh, when they had those two defensive ends, uh, I cannot think of their names. Uh, I think one was, I think Eddie Long, uh, Eddie Long, uh, starting this event, he was like probably like just Javon Curse almost before Javon Curse. Um, he played like he he was really good. Like, you talk about all these guys overall, historically, yeah. I'm, I'm definitely gonna take that one defensively all time.
0: Fair enough, yeah. I, uh, yeah, as one of our resident Oregon fans, I definitely, uh, I'll definitely take that answer. I mean, their, their offense was kind of what. <laughs> their offense was half of kind of what got me into football so much. You know, they were so they were yeah. so entertaining, so new, scoring so many points in those early twenty tens as a kid, I was like, oh man, they're fun to watch. Uh it's better than watching Bama beat someone, you know, twenty four to ten <laughs> back when they were running with Mark Ingram and McElroy. But yeah. but yeah. But uh but yeah. All right. Well yeah that about uh that about wraps up kind of the the position you episode. Uh thank you everyone for listening and watching. Um once again, if you, if you like the show, give us a like, subscribe, follow, five star view, all that great stuff. Uh, and also leave a comment below or on Twitter. We would definitely love to hear from you guys and kind of y'alls, you know, give us your picks on kind of these position you and, you know, uh, give us your argument for for why your team kind of deserves it. Um, one last reminder, don't forget to look forward to the, the first ever Transportal CFB Preview Magazine on sale July 5th, 9.99. Um, it'll have tons of content about the 2023 season. Uh, thank you, Mark, for joining me. Um, and then, kind of, do you do you have anything you'd like to kind of plug? You're working on article wise or anything for the for the site.
1: Um, obviously, are, I'm doing some articles, uh, team previews for the for the magazine. Um, I we just dropped uh, not too long ago uh, Alabama, who who I. Uh, as an Alabama's uh star quarterback. It's a little series that I'm doing called the Case, uh, making cases for each quarterback on a depth chart to see why they should be the starting quarterback for the program. Um, yesterday I just dropped an article about uh, uh women in college coaching college football right now. Um, uh, women who are not getting recognition, but they are doing the daily job. They are doing the grunt work. So definitely go check that article out.
0: For sure, for sure. Yeah, I remember when you we pitched that one. I thought that was a great idea, but. But yeah, I'm doing,
1: um, yeah, similar to what I said
0: earlier, doing some stuff for the preview magazine, obviously. And then um, in a couple of weeks, I'll have a, a piece out on kind of the, the four new teams, in the Big 12 this year, and kind of just taking a look and the deep dive into their schedule and kind of how how we think they're going to pan out in their, in their first seasons. And then also in the in the long run, how, they, uh, how they're how they looking. But, but yeah, thank you. Uh, thank you guys again for tuning in. This has been the Transport of CFB podcast presented by No Context CFB. And we'll be back again next Wednesday, as always, for our weekly off-season podcast. So... Looking forward to seeing you guys then.